The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana, Kramer Sansone in the background, making sure we keep this thing afloat. The Chiefs absolutely demolished the Chicago Bears on Sunday afternoon in what was a glorious, glorious day at Arrowhead Stadium. Taylor Swift is in attendance celebrating. It seems like the entire world right now is just flying high on the idea that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift might be dating and the Chiefs absolutely decimate the Chicago Bears as they should because we talked about it all week long at Arrowhead Pride. The Chicago's Bear team is not a very good football team and the Chiefs did exactly what they needed to do. The offense finally gets on track and it was just complete and utter domination from start to finish in this thing. Rocky, I, I know you got you got the uh the victory PJ's on. You are ready to roll. I, I'm excited to talk about this win and, and talk about uh, an impressive showing by the Kansas City Chiefs. I tell you what, Steve Serta, it's either the fact that we put 41 points on the board, the fact that I had a couple fingers of smoked bourbon, or the fact that hashtag Team Swelsey was in the stands today. I am flying high. I am feeling good. I am wearing the victory PJs, which is the only other time I've ever worn these PJs is when we won the Super Bowl. This I only wear these PJs when there's a dominant victory. And the Chiefs were 100% dominant from the opening whistle today. Um, if it hadn't been for a garbage time touchdown, the Bears would have finished the game in single digits where they belonged. Um, let's face it. They kept Patrick Mahomes in this game. The Chiefs could have outscored the Miami Dolphins today. Like, it's <laughs> – like, for those of you who don't know, Miami Dolphins put up 70 on the Denver Donkeys, which is also awesome. Um, today's a great day for football, Kansas City. Uh, your Chiefs looked a hundred percent locked in on offense, defense, every facet of the game. I mean, the, it's rare that you say that the Chiefs almost played a perfect game, but this Chiefs team almost played a perfect game when when the first team was in, was 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 in the game, and it was it was fun as hell to watch, Serta. It was like I'm I'm like like yeah. there's sometimes where you don't want it to be a nail biter. You just want to watch your team go out there. And just kick the other team in the jaw and just leave no doubt. And that's what this was. It was a get-right game. And it's everything that we needed as Chiefs fans. 
so we'll get into everything from this game because there's a lot of positive things to take away from their performance against Chicago Bears. Uh, and really, it, it is worth acknowledging that this Chicago Bears team right now looks like it is one of the worst rosters in football. And this is a team that was supposed to be on the rise a little bit, maybe taking a turn with Justin Fields. And they look, especially after their week in, in the media and – Justin Fields comments and their defensive coordinator resigning and just all of that stuff. Like the Chicago bears are in total dysfunction and they absolutely looked like that on Sunday, but this is the kind of game where, you know, we've seen this Chiefs team underperform in these situations in the past, but we talked about it this week at Arrowhead pride that that's not what this game felt like because the chiefs across the board are the clearly more talented team and so in every way, they should dominate this football game. And that's exactly what they did. And Rocky, now that I, I want to get in the offense, I want to get in the defense, I want to get in the offensive line. We can talk about Taylor Swift a little bit if you want to. But it just this performance, this is exactly what defending Super Bowl champions should do to a bottom dwelling team like the Chicago Bears. And there was no playing games today. There was no messing around. From start to finish, they were absolutely dominant, and that's what they should do in these kinds of contests. And now, with the way that their schedule is opening up ahead, and you know, we you mentioned what the Miami Dolphins did to the Denver Broncos. They got two games with the Broncos coming up. The Chargers wound up coming away with a win to avoid going 0-3 against the Vikings, but Brandon Staley basically tried to lose that football game for the Chargers, and so they were lucky to escape with a win and avoid the 0-3 start but they haven't been overly impressive. Mike Williams also suffered a significant injury that could keep him off the field for some time. So that's something to pay attention to with the chargers moving forward. But then next week, the chiefs play on Sunday night football against this New York jets team. That looks like it has one of the best defenses in the league, but Zach Wilson's a total train wreck and offensively they cannot accomplish anything. And with the way this chiefs defense is playing right now, this chiefs defense should be in the conversation with teams like the Jets, teams like the Bills, teams like the Cowboys, and teams like the 49ers. Like, that's how good this defense has been through three contests now. And I know they're 2-1, and one, and they, they lost the close game to the Detroit Lions in Week 1. But we needed this offensive performance today in a big way. And while we might still have some questions about this offense moving forward... We know that Patrick Mahomes can do this. We know that Andy Reid can do this. And so today, all I all I cared about, all I wanted to see was them handle business against an obviously inferior team, and they absolutely did that in every way. Yeah, they couldn't go out and win this game by 10 points. They needed to go out and win this game in decisive fashion to prove that they are still that championship-caliber team that we think they are. And let's not forget, that there's no – like. You you think the Raiders are going to beat the Steelers tomorrow? I don't. I don't think this. I don't think the Raiders have what it takes to beat the Steelers tonight. I think the Jets or tonight. Sorry, not just not tomorrow. It's tonight. You're right. I apologize, Chiefs Kingdom. I think the Raiders are about to get dominated by that defense. I think that when the dust settles tonight, the Chiefs are going to be in first place in the AFC West, where they rightfully belong. Um, I just hope that Chris Jones plays against a rookie tackle every single game this year because he's taking kids lunch left and right and welcoming them to the NFL. And you're right. The, the Chicago bears had probably the worst week of, that any NFL team possibly could have in the media, but guess what? It's the NFL. Nobody's sitting here feeling sorry for you, Chicago. Like, I'm sorry, but you, you still got to strap up your cleats. You still got to go out there and play a game. And 
this was the type of game the Chiefs were supposed to win, and the Chiefs won it in the way they were supposed to win it. And I don't feel bad for Chicago. I don't feel bad for Chicago fans. I feel good for Chiefs fans. And it's a beautiful day. And let's face it, when it comes to Taylor Swift, because we're going to talk about Taylor Swift today, Stephen Sarda, whether you like it or not, <laughs> I'm going to make sure that we talk about 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 Taylor Swift. Anytime one of your players enters into a relationship with somebody who is very notable, i.e., Taylor Swift, who's the biggest pop star, much much more than notable, planet. maybe the yeah, maybe the most famous person in the world right now. Yeah, maybe the most famous person in the world breaks every single record on Spotify and 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 YouTube. Like she is the largest. She's bigger than Beyonce right now, right? And and I am a Swifty, so kill me in the comments. I don't care. I love her music. Folklore is one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, but I was scared about her dating our boy, Travis Kelsey. And I was scared because I didn't know how he was going to perform with her in attendance. I didn't know how the team was going to perform. Like, were they going to be nervous? Was he going to be trying too hard? Was he going to make stupid errors? But no, the team played great. Travis Kelsey got his touchdown. He showed out for his girl. He got a touchdown and then Andy Reid took him out of the game. Everything's great. You know what? Go, go team Swelsey. Yeah, that's right. She's so big that she gets the front end of their of their name combo. <laughs> I, I think it's swell, and I'm a big fan, and I hope that this lasts forever, and they have 16 beautiful little Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey babies. Now, the truth is she's probably already writing their breakup song, and their breakup is probably pre-scheduled in the media, but I hope I'm wrong because I believe in love, Steven Serta, and I believe in true love, and I believe in love at first sight. And look how nice she looks sitting next to her mother there. Like, like she – like. Like Donna Kelsey's an angel, and this could just be a beautiful thing if it turns out great. So I want to remind you guys, use hashtag AP Rapid Reaction in the comment section. We'll try to get to some of those at the end of the show. Um, I, I think uh, an underrated part of all of this has been just it, – it's been funny as somebody who follows the NFL so closely and who does this for a living – but also is very entrenched in pop culture. And while I, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I know a bunch of Taylor Swift songs, but I listen to lots of music. I watch lots of movies. I read lots of books. Like I consume a lot of, of pop culture and media. And it's been highly entertaining to watch these worlds collide and watch the NFL fandom come together with the Swifty fandom and everybody like hold Travis Kelsey up and say like, yes, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, we support this idea. And it's amazing. I didn't know if this chiefs team could actually become more famous than like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey already are, but dating Taylor Swift is certainly a way to up your profile into another stratosphere. So I, I support it. I am rooting for Travis and Taylor to make this thing work. And, and I agree with you, Rocky. I hope they have a long lasting relationship. It's fantastic just seeing her at Arrowhead Stadium and, you know, and putting Kansas City kind of in this other stratosphere in itself, just having her around is something that's very cool. But I want to get into the football game. <laughs> We've talked enough, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Um, and I want to start on the offensive side of the ball specifically because we already talked about the. We needed this offense to show up in this game because this Bears defense does not do anything that should concern the Kansas City Chiefs offensively and should concern Patrick Mahomes. And the biggest issue that I think the Chiefs offense have ha has had through the first two games of the season is, 
you know, obviously he's spreading the ball around. Obviously he's just peppering guys everywhere. I think he hit another nine or 10 pass catchers again today, which has been a consistent theme through the first couple of games of the season. But you just needed to see some guys get open. You needed to see some guys make plays downfield and not have Patrick Mahomes just standing back there holding onto the ball forever because nobody's creating separation. Nobody's getting open downfield. And I think what was really promising early on in this game was the Chiefs knew that they could run the ball on the Chicago Bears team. And we saw them lean into that early to help the passing game. And that's something that we've been talking about on this very show, Rocky. Like, we know that they have the horses on the offensive line to be good at running the ball. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, sometimes you get too caught up in the pass and you want to make the big plays and you want to put up a lot of points. I understand all of that, but we've known for a while now that this team with Isaiah Pacheco, with Jarek McKinnon, with Clyde in this complimentary role and not like as your lead back, they can be highly effective running the ball with that offensive line. And they did that early on in the game. We saw Jarek McKinnon find the end zone to kick off the scoring and he wound up finding the end zone twice on Sunday. But I think that's the biggest thing that helped open up the offense that, that started that made everything actually look smooth again because it hadn't really looked smooth through the first two weeks of the season. And I think it all started with the Chiefs admitting that they needed to lean into the run game a little bit more and actually going out there and sticking with it throughout the entirety of the game. A hundred percent. The running backs ran the ball for 32 carries today. Patrick Mahomes threw the ball for 38, threw the ball 38 times. If you figure in the, the, the quarterback's rushes, there was 37 runs for 38 passes. Like, like when was the last time the Chiefs were almost 50-50 and running versus passing? Like, like they 100% leaned into the run game today, and the running backs were effective. And I think that this is a recipe for success for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes hit 10 separate receivers today. Um, nine of them got positive yardage. Kadarius Tony went backwards one yard. But we're not talking about negatives today, Steven Serta. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll let that one slide. But no, Mahomes spread the ball around. He was efficient in the pocket. He knew when to scramble. Mahomes looked like Mahomes. Um, and you got to love seeing Isaiah Pacheca run the, run, just run hard every single time. And, you know, a lot of fans were down on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But you know what? If you take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's draft position away from him, He's a really valuable player, and he showed that today. Like he, like he had some really nice plays in the first half, um, especially when they had when they had Pacheco off the field. There was like a three play series there where they where they fed the ball to Hilaire, and he looked really good. And Hilaire is a guy that Andy obviously trusts. And and you know what? Going down like like as the season progresses, like this is going to be a fun team to watch if they can continue to run the ball effectively. Like I think that I, I honestly think that more so than it has been before running the ball is important for this team. Yeah. And, and Clyde actually found the end zone as well on Sunday. And I think that Clyde has, when he's healthy, like he has always been an effective player for the chiefs, just for a first round drafted running back. He has never lived up to that bill in the NFL. I think injuries slowed him a lot in his NFL career, but he's an effective player. He might not be the best running back in all of football, but there's value in having him on this Chiefs team, and that's why he's going to continue to have a role. Now, I-, I will note that late in the game when all the starters were out, Clyde was the running back that was out there getting a lot of the carries. I think that tells you what the pecking order is of the running back room, but Clyde's an effective player when given an opportunity, and he had some nice runs today on, on top of finding the end zone. 
But I, I just think I'd like to see them just lean into this run running game a little bit more, uh, especially because I, I think that it can be effective uh, against other teams that aren't as great of matchups as the Chicago Bears. So it was nice to see them offensively admit that and say, like, we can utilize this to open things up downfield and get the pass catchers more involved. And I think another encouraging sign for the offense was we saw with Richie James going to IR this week and Kadarius Tony being banged up and we'll, we'll get the snap counts tomorrow, but did not seem like Kadarius Tony was on the field all that much. And I think some of that was, he had that one reception that was negative one yard. And then I don't recall seeing him again after that. I'm sure he might've been out on the field again after that, but it seemed like from the get early going that the chiefs knew, like we've got this thing in the bag. We don't need to deploy him out there, especially after he was banged up during practice this week. But the other encouraging sign is that we saw Rasheed Rice and we saw Justin Ross getting more snaps and more reps. And, you know, we still haven't seen a ton from Justin Ross. Um, I I still have faith that he could one day be an effective player for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. But Rasheed Rice looks like a guy who is going to command some more snaps here in the near future. Like, I've been really impressed with him through three games so far and a very limited sample size. But when the Chiefs get him involved in the offense, you can tell that when he has the ball in his hands, he's just got a little bit more pop than I think any other pass catcher outside of Travis Kelsey does. When when he gets the ball, he had multiple plays today over the middle of the field where he's just this strong, big-bodied wide receiver who can go shed tackles and pick up those yards after after contact. Like He just looks like he's more explosive that way than anybody else they have in that wide receiver room. So I would love to see more Rasheed Rice moving forward because I think in the in the small sample size that we've seen of him so far, he has done enough to earn more opportunities, and the Chiefs need to try to get him on the field more. Oh, I 100% agree. Rasheed Rice, once he has the ball in his hands and he gets going north to south, he looks like a tight end with the ball in his hands, and he's he's able to to drive the ball upfield, and, and he and he falls forward. Like, like his first touchdown, right? Like they were trying to tackle him, and he or he, they, they ruled him down at the one on that play, I think, actually. But, you know, he falls forward. He doesn't get driven backwards. He's, he's explosive with the ball in his hand. He kind of runs angry a little bit, and – the guy, the guy's a weapon. The guy's the kind of wide receiver that the Chiefs have been kind of looking for for a while. Like the Chiefs have always kind of gone for more of those, you know, Tyreek Hill, Sky Moore, like that kind of like six foot tall, 180 pound, five foot 10, 180 pound, like wide receiver types. And we've always kind of wanted them to kind of go for a, a larger wide receiver set. And they have that this year. And I think that what you're seeing is, is that, is that, after the catch, those guys are like they may not they're not gonna break it for 70 yards, but but consistently they're gonna get you that at those hard yards after the catch. They're gonna fall forward, they're gonna get an extra two, three yards after contact, and you add that up over the course of the season, and you're gonna move a lot of sticks, right? And so I think that honestly, you're you're hundred percent right. Rashid Rice is playing himself into more playing time, and I, I'm really impressed with him for through the first you know, first three games of the season. And it's a bummer because Rasheed Rice almost found the end zone twice, got stopped at the goal line both times. Isaiah Pacheco picks up a touchdown. Clyde picks up a touchdown on the back of explosive Rasheed Rice plays. Um, But for a wide receiver room that still feels like it is really trying to find that guy, like Rasheed Rice, when given opportunities, he has shown that he can be a playmaker for this offense. So I desperately want to see more of him and see him get more involved in the offense. But 
it was a nice day for everybody. Justin Watson had some nice plays. MVS had the long touchdown that was called back because of a penalty, but he did have another explosive play later on in the game. Um, just all, all around offensively, the Chiefs absolutely had their way. And Travis Kelsey, after the, after the break, Chiefs didn't play very much in the second half today, but you knew he had to find the end zone because Taylor Swift was in attendance. So they get him his touchdown in the second half. He finishes with 69 receiving yards. Has a very nice day as the Chiefs just cruise to victory over the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I think the one thing that you could point to offensively that was another issue yet again was tackle Jawan Taylor, who wound up getting benched at one point in this game for the second consecutive week after getting called for two penalties in the first half. And then um, and, and one of them is that MVS touchdown that gets called back because of a Taylor penalty of an illegal formation call on him, which... I think that one was kind of wishy-washy and probably didn't need to get thrown, but I don't know what you do about this anymore. Aside from in practice, every time they line up, you have to monitor where he is at and be like, Juwan, get up to the line of scrimmage, get up to the line of scrimmage because it's an issue now. And I still tend to lean on the side where I think it's bogus that he is being singled out by referees where we're still seeing guys do this across the league. It's just not the platform of the Kansas city chiefs defending super bowl champions and Jawan Taylor being basically flagged by the NFL is like, watch him and where, see where he's lining up to throw flags on him. Like I think all of that is super unfair and it's a competitive disadvantage for the Kansas city chiefs. But obviously this is going to keep being an issue moving forward. I don't know if benching him is the right thing to do. And then, Prince Teguinogo comes in to fill in for him. He gets hurt on a Blaine Gabbert interception, trying to make a tackle, leaves the game. Donovan Smith is banged up for a little bit. He winds up returning because Prince Teguinogo has to leave the game. And then Taylor and Smith wind up both coming back out. At the end of the game, Joe Tooney's like playing tackle because they just pulled everybody. Like the offensive line, despite the fact that they have played really well, it's kind of frustrating that there's this cloud hanging over the offensive line. Like they aren't playing well, they're playing great. Like the offensive line so far early returns on this group is spectacular for the Kansas city chiefs, but the flags are what everybody's going to remember. And the fact that Jawan Taylor got benched is what everybody's going to remember. And I think that is frustrating, but obviously the chiefs have to put more of an emphasis on this in practice because it can't keep being an issue every week. Listen, at some point, if you don't adjust to the refs adjusting to you, then you can't be on the field. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like I'm not saying that Juwan Taylor's not being targeted. I'm not saying that he's not being bullied by the NFL and that it's not BS because everybody else is doing it. It doesn't matter. They're throwing flags on you every single time you do it. You have to adjust. You can't keep it going out there and doing the same thing. Guess what? You almost got the franchise injured, right? Like, 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 like Mahomes should not have been out there on the play where he got his knee dinged up or his ankle dinged up because, because you got a stupid penalty on something that they told you not to do, that they've shown you you can't get away with. And Mahomes would have been seriously injured on that play because of your dumb actions because you're not adjusting. Like, I got, I got no sympathy for that. Like, if you can't adjust, it's not fair. I don't care if it's fair. Life's not fair. NFL's not fair. Refs aren't fair. Fix it. Take it. Get on the line of scrimmage. Don't line up illegally and just play football the way that they're going to make you play it. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, this is a big boys game. Like, like there's no, there's no sympathy points for being, for, for being picked on here. Like, like, I'm sorry it's happening, but do yeah. your job, do your job. And which is so, line up and not get a flag. 
And so it was the immediate play after the long MVS touchdown gets called back because of an illegal formation. Next play, Yannick Ngakwe coming around, kind of slides under Taylor, trying to make a play on Patrick Mahomes, but the ball's already gone. There's no play to be made. Yannick Ngakwe kind of falls on Patrick Mahomes' right ankle, which is the same ankle that he injured last season. Mahomes comes up limping, but stays in the game. Uh, Doesn't seem like... It, it was really bothering him after once they went to the locker room and came back out, like Mahomes came back out and looked fine. So hopefully it wasn't serious and it, it's not something that's going to be nagging him moving forward, but it's something we definitely want to keep an eye on moving forward. And I'm sure Andy Reid will mention it at the post game podium, which if you're listening to us on the podcast page, I want to remind you, we'll have all the post game press conferences immediately following the commercial break, but I'm sure Andy will bring it up and, and he'll have some things to say about it at, at the postgame podium. But it seems right now like the Chiefs avoided disaster and Patrick Mahomes is fine, thankfully. You uh, know, you know, you know, sir, I wasn't going to bring it up today. I was like, you know what? It's a big victory. Keep it positive, Rocky. Don't go off on Jawan Taylor because you're mad that he almost got Mahomes injured. And then you brought it up and it triggered me. Well, because it's going to be something that is talked about out of this game. And it is, it's, it's an issue right now. Like it's something that we have to be mindful of moving forward because this is the second consecutive week after, you know, week one national stage, Juwan Taylor's getting called out for something that he's been doing his entire career. And now in back-to-back weeks, he's getting flagged left and right for it. And they've got to figure out how to do that because they got way too much money invested in him to keep benching him every week. Cause he's getting called for penalties. And also He's played well despite the penalties. So I would prefer it if they stopped taking him off the field because other than the penalties, he's played really well for the Chiefs. So I, I just think it's it's unfair that he's being singled out, but obviously this is going to be a thing moving forward. So it's got to be something that they focus on and, and work on. But I want to move to the defensive side of the ball because all this offense talk, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, offensive line, and – the Kansas City Chiefs defense is still somehow flying under the radar right now across the entire NFL where it is insane to me that they are not getting the kind of credit that some of these other defenses in the league are getting right now when they have played like they are a legitimate top five defense in the NFL, like they are an elite unit and they didn't even have Nick Bolton today. Drew Tranquil fills in. He's got the green dot. He's calling plays out there on the field. Willie Gay had a nice game. And from the very from the very first snap on defense, like the Chiefs were just all over Justin Fields. There's nothing that offensive line could do. We saw Chris Jones moving all up and down the line again. I love this version of Chris Jones that Spags is deploying right now, where he's just like, they got a rookie on the offensive line. Yeah, we're gonna put Chris Jones over that dude and watch Chris Jones just absolutely wreck him. Like I, I feel bad for Darnell Wright. I think Darnell Wright's got a chance of being a good player. Going up against Chris Jones is not a matchup you're going to win in your rookie season. And it's not a matchup you're going to win even if you're a seasoned veteran. Like Chris Jones is just playing that out of his mind right now as he's trying to hit all these contract incentives this season. But the Chiefs defense through three games has been legitimately elite. And I I believe that they were going to be better this season. I believe that they were going to play themselves into like that top 10 conversation. I don't think I was quite ready for them to play the way that they have played through three games. And one of those games, I didn't even have Chris Jones on the field. Now with Chris Jones back in the mix, Mike Dan is still playing out of his mind. George Karloftis had some nice moments today. The Chiefs secondary is just loaded with guys who are making plays all over the football field. 
it's just another incredibly impressive showing by this defense. And man, I am all in, I am all in on this, on this unit being a top five unit in the NFL through three games. Chris Jones is going to finish the season with 20 sacks. I mean, I'm just saying it right now. He's going to get 20 sacks this season. And one thing that I think can't be overlooked that we need to mention is, you know what, Drew Tranquil, filling in for Nick Bolton, didn't start today. You had the green dot. He got the defense out there. You got them lined up. They looked awesome. You led the team in tackles. You got half a sack yourself. You got another QB hit. Uh, Drew Tranquil played a really good game. Trent McDuffie looks like he could be a top 10 cornerback in this league. He is a complete player, not just coverage, run support, pass rushing. Like, like Trent McDuffie is a stud. You guys like, don't like, don't overlook it. Cause there's a lot of players on this defense flying around and making plays. Trent McDuffie. He's, he's the real deal. A hundred percent. You see him on the highlight right here, getting that little strip fumble right there, causing it like he he's all over the place performing. And I've always like Mike Dana, like he's that guy where you always think to yourself, like, is he good? Is he really good? Is he kind of good? Is he so, so, and his center of gravity is just so low because he's undersized for a defensive tackle that offensive linemen have a hard time getting under his pad level. And it seems like he's finally learning how to use that leverage. And he is like, you saw in his sack he had, or that, no, it was even a missed sack. Justin Fields got away. He walked that guard right back into Justin Fields lap on, on one play there in the first half. And it was just him just getting hundred percent underneath that guard's field level and just driving them backwards. Um, Mike Dana is ha- is gonna have a year, you guys. Like, 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 buckle up. He looks better than he ever has in his previous seasons. It's a contract year. I know I keep on saying the contract year is undefeated, but Mike Dana through three games. Mike Dana's had three good games. Yeah. Like, how many games before we say Mike Dana's a really good player? It's and I I just didn't expect them because especially with these Spags defenses, like we talk about it every year. Like they start slow, they come on hot. But this is easily the most talented group he's had during his time here in Kansas City. This is easily the most talented defense that Patrick Mahomes has had on the other side of him since he became the Kansas City Chiefs starting quarterback. And they're showing it on a weekly basis. And they still get Charles Amenahu back. And so I don't even think we've seen the ceiling of this defense yet. But you mentioned Trent McDuffie. He's got two forced fumbles on the year. I know McDuffie doesn't have the interception numbers yet, but he's going to get some interceptions eventually. But he is maybe the most underrated cornerback in the NFL right now. And he's a second-year player who isn't getting a lot of attention and didn't get a ton of attention despite his stellar play as a rookie because he missed so many games at the start of the season. And once he comes in, just kind of flying under the radar because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. But he is spectacular. Like, not only is he a sticky lockdown type of corner, Trent McDuffie is not afraid to make tackles. We see him on a weekly basis come up from the secondary and making plays in the run game, forcing fumbles, doing all of that stuff that LeJarius Sneed has done so well for years. And Sneed, I think this was the best game I think Sneed has had this season because we've kind of seen him be up and down. He's still dealing with the nagging knee thing that's limiting him in practice and didn't really, really wound up missing training camp. And so he's still kind of trying to get back to it and get his rhythm going. And so we've seen some up and down stuff from Snead over the first two weeks of the season. I thought this was his best game of the season uh, today. And their secondary man, Brian Cook, had another nice day. Mike Edwards comes up with uh, interception off of a deflection for the Chiefs. And that's been the thing, too, that Spags mentioned this week. Like, 
you know, we'd like to force some more turnovers that that that's the next thing we want to do. And they did that today. Like, again, just just as the Chiefs offense needed to just dominate this Bears defense because they're just a, a wildly inferior opponent. The same goes for the Bears offensively against the Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense absolutely dominated them in every way today. I mean, obviously, you could look at the final score and say 41 to 10. But I don't even think that highlights how how dominant the Chiefs defense was against this Bears offense. Like, just another incredibly impressive showing from this group. And I'm excited that we got to see some points and that Mahomes was slinging it out there today. But I'm even more excited for the potential of the defense moving forward. I just can't express how impressed I am by them through three games. I mean, if you think about it, like Trent McDuffie, I was just going to look up here on PFF. and I can PFF is what PFF is. He's got an 89.9 coverage grade so far this season on PFF. He's he's averaging a 79.9 passer rating. Like 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 sure he doesn't have he's given up what 60 I think 68 yards receiving total to wide receivers through 3 games. Like like sure he doesn't have the interception numbers. It's cuz they're not throwing his direction. Like like, he, like guys are just not getting open against him. He is he is blanketing guys in coverage and there and there he is not giving the quarterback an opportunity to try to get put the ball in there against the guy that he's on. And so, I mean, a lot of times you see that with the best cornerbacks in the league is that the quarter, the, the cornerbacks in the league, that the opposing quarterbacks are afraid to throw the direction. And I think that's a hundred percent what you're seeing with Trent McDuffie. Um, you're absolutely right. This is the best defense the chiefs have had in the Patrick Mahomes era. And it's exciting because we said, I said last week, the chiefs were a defense first team. Now, today they were offense. They were just complete team, right? And I, I'm shoot, man. We're, we might run it back this year, Steven Serta. I know it's just the Bears, <laughs> but we might run it back this year. Uh, they're still figuring things out, but I mentioned their schedule, and man, it's after you know when we ahead of Jacksonville, I was having a conversation with Ron Hughley and Brandon Kylie, and it's like you know if the Chiefs lose this game and start zero and two, are you worried? No. Have you looked at their schedule coming up? So dominating performance against the Chicago Bears. This Zach Wilson-led uh, Jets team, they can't score points to save their lives right now. No, I understand that defense is still very talented. Not worried about the Jets. Minnesota Vikings, who can obviously score a lot of points, but they also can't defend anybody. They can't stop anybody. Keenan, Keenan Allen had 200 receiving yards today against this Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, then you get the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Chargers, and then the Broncos again before that Germany game against the Miami Dolphins and the Broncos just gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins today. Um, so the schedule is opening up very nicely for the Kansas City Chiefs before a huge matchup in Germany against the Miami Dolphins. And I expect the Chiefs to win all of these games. Um, just really impressed with them. Obviously they got the one blemish and it was a tough loss, but this is a team that I think is still figuring things out. This was just another step and then figuring out where they want to be by the end of the season. And so far, the returns are spectacular. And everybody should be really excited about both sides of the ball. But let, let's wrap things up. Uh, I, I know you guys are eager to hear from Andy Reid and all the players after the post postgame. Uh, so we'll get to that uh, immediately following the commercial break. But Kramer, do we have any comments from the audience? Uh, just think how many new fans we have now with all those Swifties, the Chiefs game. That's what I'm saying. Like, the way that that fan base is is coming together with the football fan base and specifically the Chiefs fan base, it, it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be insane because I don't know 
I, I don't know if like people who are just football fans, but maybe not as involved in like pop culture truly realize how famous Taylor Swift is and how massive, like what a massive worldwide brand she is. I don't even know if Travis Kelsey fully comprehends that because Travis Kelsey is a very famous NFL player, but he is nothing compared to the level of fame that Taylor Swift is bringing to the table. So this is going to be something that everyone talks about for the rest of the season, as long as it appears that they might be dating each other. It's wonderful. It's great. And here's, here's kind of just a little droplet of it. Pete tweeted out our, uh, our editor over Arrowhead pride tweeted out. I wrote a story about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey earlier this week when he kind of confirmed that they were a bit of a thing. And within like an hour and a half of it announcing that, that Taylor Swift was at the game, we had an additional 20,000 reads of that article <laughs> on the website. That's just my article, like my article guys, like not even like an actual, <laughs> like, 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 like we're not talking like ESPN's article or anything like that. Arrowhead prides article had an extra 20,000 people reading it like the second that it was announced that she was at that game. Like you like we're talking millions and millions and millions of people. And like like if this actually becomes a thing, Travis Kelsey's jersey is going to be like the most purchased jersey by like women's jersey in the NFL overnight. Like that's the type yeah. of thing we're talking about here. Uh, Travis Kelsey did get a touchdown on Sunday, but that was maybe not the most impressive thing that he accomplished on Sunday no. afternoon. In you talk about you talk about punching above your weight and batting out of your league. Like he's batting out of his like solar system right now, you guys. It's I I, I have to I, I believe that the only reason he played in the second half and the only reason Mahomes played in the second half is because he went to Andy and Mahomes. So it's like you guys got to get me a touchdown for Taylor. Like, like, help me out, bro. <laughs> like, you got to do me this solid. He's Rocky Magania. You can follow him on Twitter at Rocky Magania. I'm Steven Soto. That's where you can find me. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. Um, Chiefs win. Uh, an impressive showing. They improved to 2-1 and one on the season, and they've got Sunday night football against the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets next week. So we'll have plenty of coverage for you at arrowheadpride.com. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we are doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And I will be back tomorrow morning, me and Pete Sweeney, with a fresh edition of the Arrowhead Pride Report. We'll talk to you guys then. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. After the Chiefs' 41-10 win over the Chicago Bears, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, running back Jarek McKinnon, and cornerback Trent McDuffie. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. That time here, you mentioned that they're strong defensively. Um, are there reasons why maybe you're ahead defensively and where maybe you thought you'd be this time here? Well... Yeah, I, I didn't think the last part of that question, but I thought we'd be where we are. Um, I, I'm just playing well. The young guys, I think, have um, done a nice job. Uh, you know, Reed's one just—he's one more year in it and is comfortable. Um, you saw what Edwards did, and but the, I, you know, the, the young guys are better. I, I mentioned it during training camp that the zones are—you know—the zones are tighter and man coverage is better. And, you know, we're, we're getting the young rushers up there. They're doing a better job and, and linebacker position strong. I mean, Bolton didn't play today. Drew stepped in and I thought did a heck of a job. So um, Willie pushed himself through and played. And, you know, I, I just uh, um, I think it's an overall effort there just uh, of guys going through that growth process. But I'm proud of them and how they're playing. They're playing hard and aggressive. The, the thing is, you know, Adam, I mean, you got to do it every week. So you, you got to make sure that you, you prepare and, and uh, have yourself mentally ready to go every week. Yeah, you know, last week we had over 400 yards, and it just it, it, um, we were shooting ourselves in the foot with some of the penalties, and we, we cut down on that a bit. I think you know, there, uh, you know, I checked out all the looks. Uh, that our right tackle got called on today, and I, you know I'm seeing it on both sides of the ball. I'm seeing it with the, our left tackle. I mean, I'm, I'm not, he might be being picked on just a little bit here, but uh, I felt today uh, I thought they did a good job the week before, but today I thought it was too much. I mean, you know, I wasn't seeing it, <clears throat> but uh, you know, still we got to keep working on that and, and uh, get through this. Why did you take him out there? Well, I subbed out some guys, just, um, you know, and he also got hit in the mouth and he's got a cut in there that wasn't feeling too good. Yeah, and he'll be fine. I mean, that's, he's not, I'm not going to try to hide that from the Adam. You seem pretty confident at the end of the week that if Nick couldn't go, Drew was going to step in and do pretty well. But you actually had to play the game without Nick. And Drew hasn't been in the defense for as long. What, what was good about what he did today for you, being able to make all the calls for just a short amount of time? Yeah, he's a, he, you know, he's a smart kid, so I thought he got in there and, and did a nice job of uh, with the calls, lining guys up. Um, I, again, I haven't seen the tape on it, but it looked like he, he did a pretty nice job um, for the most part. So, um, and, and, but, you know, he's, he's a good player. He was good. We competed against him all these years, so, I mean, he's a good football player. We, we knew that. How valuable is it that you guys have three running backs in yeah, I thought, listen, I thought all three. I, I didn't even mention Clyde. I mean, Clyde, I thought, played great. He, he went in the second series, and he, we worked him in throughout. And, um, I mean, to have those three guys, I, I, you know, I think it's great. And then he finished the game, and, uh, you know, we, we needed that. We needed to get that last first down and just take that knee right there, and he, he went and got it. Who's Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a good job with that. He all the way around. He, he played a good game. I mean, 
I mean, I've got the 24 for 33. That's not a bad day, you know. So he's, um, I always say this, we're lucky to have him. The city of Kansas City is lucky to have him as well. So he's, um, he's a heck of a player. Anything else? Last one, Adam. You know what? I've met her before. Out of my son, up, I just need to
see his drum major touchdown celebration on the first one, and you had the I didn't. I, I don't know if I saw the, the first one. I, I saw the second one. He was high stepping down the sideline, and I had to stop. I was like, oh, he's going to go the full length. And so uh, it, uh, he's a he's a he's a great football player. And uh, the celebrations are. I don't get I don't get told the celebrations beforehand, so I'm always just kind of chasing everybody else. Patrick, I know there's there's a new fan out there. You probably see another one every game. Uh, just what do you think of all the hoop boss around in that? With, uh, Mrs. Swift here <laughs> watching the game. Yeah, I mean she's a tremendous. I mean, she's a pop star. She's a tremendous singer, tremendous at everything she does. And I haven't got to meet her. Um, but, I mean, I guess if, it's, if she ends up being with Travis, then I'll probably meet her at some point. So uh, it seems like, like a good person. So uh, hopefully I can meet her one day. Yeah, but he, he told he told me at like the last minute. But there's some things with Travis where he kind of just says it, and you're like, you don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> and he says it so calmly. Um, I mean, I remember one time he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the uh, world, one of the World Series or one of the playoff baseball games." And I'm like, "You said it so randomly," and then he just went. And I was just like, "But the same thing." It was like Friday. He was just like, uh, "Yeah, I think I think she's coming to the game today." And just moved about his business. I mean, to the game this weekend and moved about his business. So you're kind of like, it's, "I guess it's, I guess that just happens." I guess so. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> Travis. Uh, you got 25,000 yards. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's cool. Um, it really is cool. Um, I don't think about that stuff. I'm going to do an arrowhead throwing it to Travis, um, uh, who's got a lot of those yards. I mean, it, it is it's a uh, it's it's, it's a, a tremendous honor to be a part of this organization and be able to do stuff like that at this stadium. Uh, it'll be stuff I remember the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, I did not get the ball. I don't know what Travis did with it. So we'll have to get the fifty thousand faster than anybody else, and we'll get that one. All right, thank you. You got your score today, and then so in the Clyde score, you were the first one out there just to congratulate. How tight is the running back room, and how much do you guys play off of each other? Man, super tight. Y'all already know this. Um, but we, we said it all week. You know, we were trying to go for a hat trick. Everybody get a touchdown. Uh, runs got caught early. Plays got caught early for us, and we just maximized the opportunity. Jared, you guys are facing a team that had some struggles mm-hmm. in the white line, maybe. How important was it for you guys to put on that early? Well, that, that's a tough team. Uh, they fought all four quarters, and uh, you know, obviously, they had a lot going on, you know, with them and their own team. Uh, but you know, we wanted to get back to doing what we do best, and um, that was being the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Offensive-wise, you know, the first two weeks we didn't look too sharp, uh, so we got challenged by the coaches, we challenged ourselves, and uh, we came out today and uh, got off the right track. Much more balance today. I mean, did you appreciate the fact that you guys got much more involved in the game early on, especially with the one place didn't force? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, but uh, overall, just uh, more excited at the execution. Uh, you know, whether it's run, pass. Uh, I feel like the previous weeks we just lacked execution. Today we came out, we executed, uh, converted a good amount of third downs, and I was able to keep you know drives sustained. Jared, probably too early in the season to say the offense needed a day like this, but does this offense feel like it's going to have based on the previous two weeks? Uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, but you know, the thing about you know this team is we're never satisfied. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be another challenge next week. Um, challenged by the coaches, challenged the team, then challenged within ourselves. So, you know, we're ready for the opportunity. Can you take us through your touchdowns? Which, which one? First and first, second. Uh, yeah, Coach Reed put in you know, a couple plays for me. Uh, so, you know, when I uh, you know, heard the personnel, I already knew what was going on. It was just a matter of execution. Um, you know, the, the first one, it got handed off to Scott all week in practice. So, I had a feeling I was going to get in the game. 
Um, but, you know, like I said, it's just a great collective effort. Uh, played great on defense today. Special teams played great today. Uh, it was all around just three phases. Just collectively played great. It seemed like a lot of inspiration with those dances you guys had. You know, walk us through some of those. Uh, man, we just be climbing that practice. So, uh, you know, it's a little stuff in the works. But, uh, you know, we just have to have fun with it, man. That's what it's all about. Um, at the same time, it's a job. It's what we do. We want to win, but at the same time, we want to have fun with it. So um, I, I think that was the energy today, man. Everybody just have fun, let loose, uh, forget about what happened, man. Just come out and play football. How much fun is it to watch that defense operate? You know, they didn't give up points. It was great. Uh, you know, we know what kind of defense we have. Uh, they played lights out the past the past first, the first two weeks, uh, and then today they just kept it going. Uh, so you know, we expect big things out of them this year. They got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball, and um, you know, anytime we play, we know we trust them, and they're gonna come up with one. Good. All right, thank you. First through the the thumping you caused and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. you know kind of the, the idea of what you guys were trying to do stopping the run there. Yeah, um, shoot, stopping the run. I thought we did a great job. Um, Coach Bags called a really good defenses, kind of mixed up the looks, and I thought we had a really good week of practice. I just knowing where Justin Fields is, knowing the kind of playmaker he is when he has the ball in his hands, and shoot, when it came to that fumble. Um, knew the certain look that we gave, you know, they might check their screen and sure enough they did. Sure enough they did and uh, just made a play on it and man, all we do, Coach Bags uh, over the week just talks about getting the ball out, getting the ball out, punching and stripping it and uh, fortunate enough, I was able to get it out. Yeah, um, man. Missing uh, half the season last year, uh, definitely gave me a chip coming into this year, um, just in terms of just the impact that I can have with this defense and being able to have Coach Spags trust me on the field, not only just know my assignment, but he has this thing called My Job Plus and you know, go out there and make plays and really make an impact on the game. Um, it's something that I'm really focused on doing this year. How good can you guys end up being worth all set? Yeah, um, this is a young, and I keep saying this is a hungry defense, and we got a lot of guys committed to not only just um, the defense, but each other. And there's a big, strong brotherhood with this defense. And um, it's exciting to come in each and every day and work with these guys. And I feel like we are only scratching the surface. So excited for the rest of the season. Sure, it's pretty clear that. Can you elaborate on Stags' my job plus what he means Yeah, um, it's pretty much knowing your assignment each and every play, reading your keys, eye discipline, stuff like that. But um, it's football and things happen and sometimes um, even if you're doing your job things go the wrong way and it's pretty much just when things do happen when things go wrong or just in any down and distance being able to make the play when you need it and even just when you're not needed you know when there's a free long break and Justin Fields ran up the field and being able to stop him and get back on defense um, it's kind of just my job plus. It's pretty clear Chris is pretty motivated this year what do you feel like he's doing for all three levels Chris Jones, how do you feel like he's impacting all of them? Yeah, I mean, sure. You saw him last year, 15 sacks. He went off a big year. Um, we knew that when he came in, he was going to make an impact. And it's nice as a DB to know that, you know, he's getting pressure each and every time. So um, when it comes to first down, second down, third down, third down, being able to stop the run, play his gaps, get out the quarterback, um, he's a tremendous player. And I know I love him. And we were just goofing on the sidelines, so I'd love to be around him. But, um, yeah, it's great to have a D-line who can get back there and get pressure. We hear the term brotherhood a lot just amongst sports in general. Yeah. But putting guys together doesn't always create that. Yeah. What, what does that, how, how do y'all 
Yeah. Um, honestly, I think it just comes to how young we are, to be honest. Um, knowing that you got a bunch of guys who just came in last year, who were new to the team last year, and Coach Bag was able to kind of just start off with a clean slate almost, um, kind of reteach the defense and put in his philosophy with all of us. And a lot of the guys bought into it and were like, okay, we got you, we trust you. And then, man, last year, I, at least as a DB in my rookie class, I can say that we were together every single day trying to teach each other to play, just checking in on each other. So when you got guys like that where football is the main thing, but also outside of football, you know, you can rely on them. They're checking up on you. You know, you're hanging out. We're going to eat dinners on Thursdays. Um, it's huge, and it just adds to the bond even more. How impressive is Drew Tranquil being able to step in for Alpro and yeah. Bolton and not miss a beat? Yeah, it was huge. I was really excited that he was able to go out there, and, man, this defense is tough, and there's a lot of checks and specs with a lot of pressure on Mike backers, and he just rolled with the punches. I mean, throughout the week, you would have safeties, DBs. I mean, like, hey, what about this check, this check? What are you seeing? He's like, hey, guys. Whatever y'all see on this defense, you let me know. And he was able to go out there and run an efficient game and came up with some big tackles and was able to command this defense really well. So I thought you did an amazing job today. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You. Yeah, yeah, we're done.